0: All right. So we are talking about as as we we we've talked before about the great migration of people from um, the um, from California to all these other states. Right. And there's so many of them. It's it seems it's overwhelming to the point now, uh, Ari, that it's um, it's been what uh, we, we actually lost an electoral college vote. It's it means we lost um, like
1: 600,000 people, basically.
0: So the question is, you know, why is this happening? Is this purposeful? And, uh, you know, because clearly a lot of people are leaving. You would think Gavin Newsom and the other Democrat uh, leadership in California, because it's basically a Democrat state with very few exceptions uh, city-wise— uh, that they would say, "Oh my gosh, you know, uh, what are we doing wrong? Uh, we, we, the tax base is leaving us. Uh, you know, this can't be good. Uh, you know, we, we lose federal funding. Uh, you know, all the all the things that could possibly, you think, and, and then then you realize, no, no, this is what, what I'm what I'm going to say here is going to sound very, uh, it's going to sound conspiratorial, but it's not. Uh, it's going to sound Machiavellian, but it's not. It's going to sound paranoid, but it's not." here's it's a, it's actually the only thing that really explains it it's a an occam's razor sort of situation uh what is Occam's razor? The concept is that the simplest explanation is usually the correct one okay uh you can apply Occam's razor to anything scientific, anything political, anything religious for that matter anything uh you know social. Why do people do the things that they do um can usually be explained in the simplest way possible. A very good example of that, by the way, scientifically, was when they tried to explain uh, how the Earth was, you know, what role did Earth have in the in terms of position in the universe? Was it the center of the universe or the center of the solar system, at least? Or was it uh, just orbiting the sun? And so there were theories on both. Of course, they couldn't establish that they didn't have rocket ships back then. Uh, and the theory was... Very complicated to say that the Earth was uh, the center of the universe. They would have to have so many machinations to, and so many exceptions. It was an incredibly complex mathematical concept to to force that sort of fit. Much more elegant and much more simple, uh, which explained everything, was the possibility that the sun was the center of the solar system. And boom, everything fit so nicely. Well, but there were people that... Still insisted that the earth was the center. And so, it, it, anyway, they used Occam's razor as a concept and said, look, the simpler explanation is probably the right one. And so, let's apply it to this. Why would a state governor and all of its Democrat leadership in the various cities uh, you know, not do something when it came to you know, the outflow of its middle class? And for that matter, you know, fairly wealthy people, too, uh, and businesses. They're just fleeing California, and they're not doing anything. They don't, they don't talk about it. They don't uh, bemoan it. They don't say we've got to do something about it. They don't even say let's make laws to prevent people from going, you know, because we really want them to stay. Uh, no, on the contrary, they just say, you know, have a nice day. Don't let the door, you know, hit your butt on the way out. That's about it. So you have to ask yourself, that's very strange, because these people are, you know, presumably intelligent. It's not as if they can't see it's happening. What is the net, Ari, about like 2,000 people leaving every week from California? And it's been for years now, to the point now that we've lost, we've lost, literally lost an electoral vote at this point. Okay. Uh, So you think to yourself, well, that's good. You know, even though it's only one vote, you know, California has lost a little bit of its of its stature from a standpoint of influence in the presidential election. uh, Don't be so sanguine, shall we say, uh, if, if that's what you think. The reality is that, and again, applying Occam's razor to this concept, the reality is that they want this to happen. That is the simplest explanation.
1: Meaning they're trying to export Democrat voters, not Republican voters. Exactly.
0: The vast majority of people... Leaving California, just and it shouldn't be a surprise because most Californians are Democrats. Uh, you know, if you look at all the people leaving California, um, about 70% of them are Democrats.
1: Yeah, the irony is these people voted this way, turned the place into a pile of excrement, and then they take their voting habits to turn an unexcrement pile place into a pile of excrement as well, colonizing it the way cockroaches or
0: rats do. All right, it's a colorful way of putting it, but let's let's uh, let's look at it slightly Brown, differently. <laughs> let's look at it somewhat differently. Uh, you're the governor of of California and the Democratic leadership of California, and you are working, of course, with other states and the federal leadership, including the president uh, of California uh, of the United States. And you want what's best for the Democrat Party, particularly power. Uh, you would do exactly what you're seeing right now. Why? Why do I say this? For, okay, so it's, it's a double-edged... No, not double-edged sword. It's a, it's a double whammy. It's, it's a, it has great benefits in two ways. First, you hollow out the middle class. By you know, The people that are leaving California are the middle class and also you know, the somewhat wealthy. The somewhat wealthy. Not the uber wealthy. We'll talk about them in a moment. But the somewhat wealthy... Even the somewhat rich uh, are leaving California. A lot of businesses are leaving California. Now, uh, you haul out the middle class. Why would they want to do that? Well, it's a very simple thing. Again, Occam's razor. The middle class and the somewhat wealthy and the somewhat rich, they're the noisy ones, right? Like you and me. We're the ones who say, hey, that dog don't hunt, you know, we're going to protest, we're going you know, to show up at your city council meetings, uh, we're going to seek a proposition to undo uh, some liberal platform ideas. We're, we're the ones who go to schools and say, you know, this is awful what you're teaching our kids and so on. We, yeah, we, fight, we, the, re- we fight the property taxes, uh, we demand lower taxes, things like that. Yeah, recall. Yeah, we would do the recall thing. So you get rid of those people, then you don't have very much noise at all. All right. So you're left with only the uber wealthy, the very, very wealthy who go to bed with the Democrat party. They, they get great deals from the Democrat party. They'll get all sorts of tax rebates, all sorts of cool uh, monopolies, uh, all sorts of patent uh, easing. Uh, So, so things really work well for the, for those who are willing to play ball with the Democrat party. You get all sorts of zoning restrictions exempted. Uh, you get all sorts of deals and favorable treatment from the city to develop your land, to do whatever, to, to improve your business. That's, that's an easy one. And, and also equally easy are the poor. The poor uh, you tend to rely on this government that is now throwing out a lot of money to them. So they are ever so grateful to the Democrat Party that is feeding them, that is subsidizing them, that's giving them free education, uh, free health care, and so on. Okay? So you've got a, a perfect storm in that department. You hollow out the middle class, and you consolidate your power. Yeah. It's, it's really the easiest way. Yeah. Exactly. So, so I, I, I see I, that explains the, step one number one, and I want to get to your point, Ari, in a second. The second thing is that from a standpoint of the rest of the nation, They look at California as a power base with all these goodies, the goodies in particular being Democrat voters. And they're saying, well, this is overkill here. You have such a huge uh, number of excess Democrat voters. It's not as if it's going to get you more than the 55, now 54 electoral votes. That's it. That's all you can get for presidential election purposes. So share the wealth, dude. That's what they're saying. So give us your Democrat voters and spread it to Nevada, Texas, Florida, Arizona, Utah, or any other state that that might be able to go purple. Give it to us. And that way we can really consolidate our Democrat hold on the presidential side uh, every four years. It'll just be stronger and stronger. And so that's another reason why California... Would be willing to throw off its its problem voters, as it were, that meaning the Republicans, uh, and then it's the problem voters among the Democrats saying, "Look, you know, we can we can now spread that Democrat base to elsewhere, right?" So this is wonderful for everyone in the Democrat Party, everyone, both from a California point of view and from a national point of view. That's what's going on. Now, you wanted to add something.
1: Uh, I, I was just going to give one micro example of how. The the two groups, the rich and the poor, actually work together in, in some overlap. That's just perverse. So the government subsidizes the poor to live in and use products supplied and owned by the rich. That's it. You know, yeah. it's it's a, a simple cycle as that. Yeah. And then the middle class, you know, the, the, the strong, moral and um, you know muscular class base that makes America great and special.
0: They're, they have no place here yeah. they're just gone ain't that the truth that is so it's so pathetic and so obvious at this point uh, because look if there was a fight to this meaning that somehow Gavin Newsom said I don't understand what's going on we are offering all sorts of goodies but they're not they're increasing taxes they're 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 making it uh, even more compelling to move out of of California. Yeah,
1: isn't it strange? And and can I just go back? They've talked about this before on some of these podcasts. A little ancient history on this, and and go and look how the cycle kind of started way back in this regard. They started exporting Republican voters from California when the uh, defense industry was exported to uh, to red states. Right to Georgia. That took yeah. red voters and put them in red states where they had less effect nationwide and consolidate them in smaller places. Then at the same time, California was always this beacon of free, live the way you want. So it was always a vacuum cleaner sucking in liberal voters from the rest of the country, which hit critical mass in the late 90s and the early 2000s when it became an overwhelming Democrat state. But because it it was so sudden and it happened the way it did, people just souped. oh, California was liberal, not Oh, the liberal person from Texas, from New Hampshire, from Chicago, just wound up going here. Their presence here made the place more liberal, more liberal, more liberal, and then it turned the very good education system of California into a a de facto liberal indoctrination uh, re-education camp system, which then made more liberals here to the
0: point where now, as you just said, we have the overwhelming number here, and now we can re-export them. It was a vicious it's cycle. Very interesting. It was a vicious cycle creating zombies uh, to the point that, that they now can export them with the hope of making zombies in other states. Yeah. at least for the presidential purposes, it's it's very very disturbing, and it's to me it's very obvious
1: and brilliant. I'll give them credit. chess move. I,
0: I yeah no. I think it is a brilliant move on the part of the Democrats to, to do it this way because they, they have their their push their um, and, and they're they're seizing this opportunity. They're doing it. So don't be fooled. Don't think for a moment that Gavin Newsom or any other Democrat leadership in California, or for that matter, this nation, uh, see or care about uh, the flood of people leaving California. They, they, did. they don't care about that. On the contrary, they're thrilled about it. They're actually planning this out. At the same time, we have a massive immigration wave from south from the South, which they welcome with open arms because these are future Democrats as well. Uh, you know, one day that they'll, they'll export those guys too. Uh, once they become citizens, or at least somehow will be allowed to vote, illegal or not, um, in this country, you'll see. Yeah, there'll this, be there'll be a, there there will be a push one day, and I just want to say this parenthetically. I don't want to drill down on it, but you'll see one day a push to allow non citizens to vote uh, just brazenly. I mean, it's one thing to say, you know, we're going to let uh, you know have these people who don't who don't even have the right to vote, to vote, you know, and it'll be fraudulent and we won't catch them and so on like that. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. No, there'll they'll actually be a push to allow um, non-citizens to vote. Uh, first, it'll start off with legal non-citizens, uh, you know, yeah, people green with green card cards, cards and so on. Yep. Yeah, because after all, they live here and they may, maybe right they pay property taxes. By our, by yeah. Our system.
1: You know they need yeah. a voice
0: too. Yeah, exactly right. So you know what's the what's the harm? And they're they're paying taxes after all. So let's let's let them have a vote. Uh, so that'll be the argument. And then the illegal uh, citizens, it'll be the same thing. You know this is a way to encourage them to to have a say in the system, and then that that, that will make them more responsible citizens. And you know whatever the argument is that they always have. Okay. you um, one last point about
1: that. Yeah. I think you'll find Jermaine, which is. And look at the distortion of the electoral political dynamic system, which up until, I'd say, it ended with the Democrat Party and Clinton, which was, hey, elect me. I will make your lives better. And then we'll say to you, citizens, pre-reelect me or my party, and you'll see more improvement to a new dynamic. This is really started under Obama or actually it started when Pelosi and Reid took over the Congress in 2007 and culminated with Obama's election in which Democrats get elected, they trash the autonomy, they trash your lifestyle, they ruin things, and then they reap the electoral benefits of the damage. It's a very different kind of politics you know, or political theory at play here. And, uh, I mean, I, I'm still amazed it works. But you see that under Biden. Hey, day one, shut down the Keystone XL pipeline. A hundred days later, another pipeline fails for various reasons. Now you have gas lines, and they don't care. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's, All right. it's unbelievable. That's I, a micro example, but It is yeah, no, the
0: you're distortion right. of the politics. It, the, it the is the distortion of it, and it's uh, it, it is they, they want to destroy this economy. There's At some point, you have to assume that people are doing things uh, that they're saying not by accident that there is purpose to it. Oh, the Obama uh, dynamic that I used to talk. The Obama di- dynamic, but now the Biden dynamic, yeah. as it were. And uh, the best example, you know, that immediately comes to mind is uh, illegal immigration. They, they know that that what Trump had done worked. It was perfectly legal to have uh, stay in Mexico policy, for example. That alone was a fantastic policy. Yeah. Uh, that really stemmed the tide of illegal immigration, and they they just uh, blew that up, they, and then they pretend, oh, what shall we do? Whatever shall we do? Uh, it, it's it's a little bit like the fire, you know, the fireman who doesn't know that water puts out fire, uh, and or or you know whatever that foam is that they spray, but let's use water as an example, and uh, and and then they pretend as if like what what. I I hate this fire. This this fire is growing out of control. This is this is so terrible. Oh my gosh! What shall we do? Well, please, you know, why don't you spray this water that comes from this fire hose? Uh, I I I know, I understand, but what can I do? What can I do?
1: That hasn't been tested yet. Yeah, exactly. Double blind study, right? (laughs)
0: That's so true. Okay, so but that's what's going on. Okay, so I want to kind of move on to a different area. It's kind of related, but a different area. And that's this uh, recent kerfuffle, I should suppose, I should say, uh, regarding Andrew Yang um, and the response by Ocasio-Cortez and everything else. And it's, this is a microcosm of the point that I want to drive home about the nature of evil. All right. So here's a comment uh, from Andrew Yang. This is a while ago, I believe during uh, during, during the campaign in 2020, but it's consistent with his uh, tweet recently that Ari will line up and, and uh, give to us in a moment. But I want to play this uh, first so that you get a sense of what's what. This is what Andrew Yang said during the election in 2020. Look, uh, in terms of the money we're giving to an ally like Israel, um, my first instinct would be like, why would we reduce it? Uh, you know, uh, And so, um, so certainly if I communicated something else, like uh, that's not the, um, the idea at all. Um, there are certain relationships we have that, to me, we need to rebuild and strengthen. And I would suggest that our relationship with Israel uh, is one of them. And what about the Arabs? Um, you know, you'd have to look at it in a case-by-case case and say, like, what's happening in terms of our, our bilateral relationship with a particular party. Um, but my... my. Okay, so you get the idea here. So he's here he is very supportive. Of Israel and saying, look, Israel is a very important ally, and we need to even strengthen our relationship with uh, with Israel. That's as if as if Trump had not done a fantastic relationship uh, game with that, but that's fine. And so yeah, Andrew- I
1: love how the, the person asked him says, well, what about the Arabs? And he's running ostensibly against Trump at that point, so he can't say, well,
0: Trump's done a great job giving them peace, too. I know. My, 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 my point is that uh, he's—the what, what, point of the Yang comment, and what I want to bring this out, is not only is it pro-Israel, but he's trying to out-Israel— Trump, right? right. So, so just to, let's just show how supportive uh, he is of Israel. But now, fast forward to what May of 2021, and what do we have? We have uh, a complete turnabout on this. So he, he recently said, because of this uh, recent violence in Israel, uh, what's going on with Hamas and uh, the attacks that they're facing, and now Israel is going on the border of Gaza. Um, so there's a lot of kerfuffle about that. And he says... Uh, correctly, in a tweet. Uh, do you have that tweet? I don't up know the tweet, but what happened is he made a statement in support of Israel. Okay. So he, then, said, he, he says, it, then, he's a very, hold on, a very pro-Israel statement, basically saying we need to support Israel and uh, Israel is a great country, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so who weighs in on this? Everybody in the Democrat Party. He, they, they totally pile on. Uh, on top of him, including Ocasio-Cortez, who, who writes a tweet. That's uh, where we have... To, okay, so go a, ahead and that's read that's the right. tweet.
1: She writes, utterly shameful, and Eid, E-I-D, is a Arab holiday, so utterly shameful for Yang to try to show up at, to an Eid event after sending out a chest-thumping statement of support for a strike killing nine children, especially after his silence as Al-Aqsa was attacked, the Al-Aqsa mosque. She continues... But then to try that in Astoria during Ramadan, they will let you know. And that tweet was in response to a news story that uh, Yang, while running for now New York City mayor, showed up in Astoria, Queens, in a Muslim neighborhood to visit a Muslim grocery store during Ramadan, and her
0: response was how he was uninvited to it. Right, okay. So, yeah, so the point is that very much attack him on this. And Others pile on uh, on him as well, throughout the media and otherwise. And guess what? Andrew Yang backtracks big time. Do you have the tweet on that? Uh, yes, I'll have that for you. Okay. Everyone. So he, he suddenly realizes he's on the so-called wrong side of this, and he has to backtrack. And then Not he, surprisingly. Here you go.
1: And the audio quality of this is a little low, but I'll try to jack up the volume. Hang on one second. Let me get this all queued up for you. Here it is.
0: Hang on! <laughs> we're all hanging Hang on. on here. The organizers of the event uh, decided it would be better if we did not attend, and we uh, were happy to to um, uh, to abide by their wishes. Relating to what you tweeted about Israel, I believe so. You know, I'm, I'm not sure, but I believe. So. Okay, so you hey, get the. You get, asked by the reporter if you he
1: can't hear. Was this because of your statement on Israel? And he goes, "I believe so."
0: Yeah, of course he knows tail so. between legs. Hey, Yeah, it's a tail between two legs. So this is the um, this is the approach that you can expect more and more from the Democrat Party. This is cancel culture, obviously, right? So they're canceling him, where he realizes he's got he's got a big muscle ball problem here. Uh, because he, he figured correctly, look, New York is very Jewish, and he's going to be supportive of Israel. But it looks like he has to now answer to a much stronger authority, which is the Democrat Party itself. Uh, damn, you know, his his constitu- constituency or possible constituency in New York be damned, right? So why do I bring up this microcosm of a cancel culture event? Uh, not just to show that the de- Democrats are engaging in cancel culture. We know that. That's been happening for, uh, I think, that a couple our- of years now, right? Yeah. Uh, with On steroids, at least in the past couple of years. Uh, the intimidation factor, uh, we will drown you out. We will cancel you. We'll marginalize you um, in such a way that that you will have no success in this party in the future. So, uh, that's not really the point. I think we know that. I think we know the Democrat Party has become not only corrupt, but quite evil. My point is to show, uh, to give a great illustration, the Andrew Yang event just now, to this point that evil never shows itself. Obviously, right? It it never shows up like a like the devil, right? With the, with the, you know goatee and a red uh, outfit and a trident spear and a tail and horns, uh, it it doesn't do that, right? It it always. I mean, we can agree by definition that evil, no matter how it, it presents itself, is going to present itself as though it's good. Yeah, right?
1: the great deceiver.
0: It's always a great deceiver. And so you can apply that even to Mao. You can apply it to Hitler. You can apply it to Stalin. Each one of them said in their own way, I am helping out the people. I'm doing great things for you. I am wonderful for you. Uh, and you should support our party. And that that's the way they do it. And, and even the countries, we talked about this before, um, the, the most evil countries on the planet uh, present themselves as Democrat party, uh, Democrat nations, right? The, the Democrat Republic of Congo, you know, the, the, Union of so- the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics, uh, the Democratic uh, Republic of North Korea, right? Uh, and so on. They're, they're, the Chinese uh, Republic, the People's Republic. Republic of China. Yes. Right? So it, none of them are democracies, none of them are republics, but they hold themselves out to be as such because they know that's good right it, it it suggests somehow that the people are in charge and aren't we great because we're helping the, the people and you can bl- you can believe this dribble or you can be more discerning you can be cynical about it and say no that's garbage it, it's, it's literally like all those fake towns that north korea builds in order to show how wonderful they are okay so Evil doesn't say, look at all this horrible stuff we're doing to people. Look how we're killing babies uh, in, um, in China. Look how we're forcing abortions upon uh, these poor, unsuspecting women. Look how we're putting uh, Uyghur Muslims into concentration camps, right? Look how we are uh, disappearing people who have uh, COVID. It, you know, they, don't, they don't brag about that stuff. They do it, but they don't brag about it. So they, they, will, so they will hold themselves out to be good. Now, the challenge, therefore, I mean, it's very simple. What is the challenge? The challenge is that you have to discern between those who are truly good and those who masquerade themselves to be good. Are you with me so far? Okay, good. Now, here's the thing. And, and I say it's a challenge because you would think, oh, well, well I, I know what's good. I, I, I know the difference between good and masquerading is good. Well, the question is, do you? Our Democrat friends do not understand the difference. Now, why is it that they follow these monsters? And I mean it. I, I, the Democrat Party has become a party of monsters. They've done, they're engaging in dramatic evil. I'm not just talking about the politics, but the, 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 in terms of like the electoral votes like we talked about before, which is bad. But they're participating in the increase in the drug cartel uh, business, in the child trafficking, the sex trafficking, and the woman trafficking as well. They're participating in China's uh, destruction of America and Western civilization itself. Yeah,
1: they're laying criminals out of jail. They're throwing innocent people in jail. Right. They're aborting babies through horrific means, but, uh, calling it, like you said before, uh, women's health. I mean, the the amount of evils they do is atrocious. It's Hitlerian. Right. Okay. It so, really is.
0: Yeah. So we we see that they're doing this. They're participating in this, and yet people follow them. And you would think, how could people follow these this this evil enterprise? that the Democratic Party has truly become. How is it? I'll tell you why. In a world without God, you simply listen to whoever tells you that they're good. Yeah, that's right. This is the, the, a, a huge epiphany I had in the past uh, few weeks because you know we scratch our heads all the time, wondering how can people fall for this drivel? I'll tell you, when you do not have God, you listen to those people who tell you how good they are, right? Think about it. If you are listening, it fills the vacuum. Fills vacuum. You, you, they tell you that if you fight for climate change, you are such a good person. If you uh, push for the vaccination of everyone and for the masking up of everyone and for the closing down of all businesses for the sake of stopping the spread of COVID, you are a very good person. You are saving lives. And that's all they're doing. Why can't you just save lives with them? If you, are, if you tell them that you need to fight Trump because he's putting kids in cages and you're all for uh, fighting against putting kids in cages, then you're a good person, right? And uh, it, it goes on like this. Um, if you are for the um, increasing in taxes, it's for the good of building infrastructure and so on, right? You're a good person. And they constantly say how good they are, right? But it's no different than when Mao said that he was good, no different than when Hitler said he was good. And the difference is we don't have many people on our side saying how good Christianity is, how good Judaism is, how good America is, how important Western civilization is. How, how essential God is We don't have any of that People just don't do that They, they assume it And those and who, so there's, there's, who say it Of course And this
1: is an obvious Don't have the media covering it Right So it, it never goes wide
0: Yeah it's, it's a big problem in that way So all you have is You know Take, take a blank slate Johnny Okay He doesn't know what's what he's not involved in his church in fact he doesn't have a church you know he's he's one of the nuns n o n e s uh, he's one of the nuns that that says you know whatever uh and he's playing video games and, and and but he he wants to feel good he wants to do good and here's one side saying look how good we are look how good we are look how not racist we are look how tolerant we are look how, look how not greedy we are right and and the the conservative side, it doesn't do any of that. When was the last time you saw anyone saying, hey, let me show you a diagram of how great uh, believing in Christianity is, right? Let me show you how great it is to believe in God. Let me show you how great it is to believe in America and Western civilization and limited government and the notion of liberty. Let me show you these things. And, and that you could be a good person by espousing these beliefs. When was the last time? Maybe under Reagan, maybe. Even Trump uh, didn't really focus on that so much. He he focused on fighting the evil, and he was great. I love him. I think he's the greatest president we ever had. But we don't have the voices out there that are competing with the claim of goodness, the messaging of goodness that the Democrats have. So in this battle between the good and those masquerading as good... The masqueraders are winning. That explains a lot of what we're seeing. So, what do I, how, how, now that we know what's, what's happening, now that we know it, Ari, how do we respond? We respond by being loud and proud. We go out there and we say, look at all that Christianity did for the world, science-wise, thought-wise, medicine-wise, social-wise, politically, freedom-wise. Look at, look at this. And we take it away, and you're going to lose all of it, too. Look at all the great stuff that America has done for the world. Look at what was before America. Look what happened after America. Okay? Look at what Western civilization has given us, including the notion of freedom and liberty, right? Look at this. And you go out there and you parade yourself as the good. And you go out there time and time again. And you, if you have to bring charts out there, bring out charts. But the notion of, you know, see, they, they've kind of got the advantage. they got the drop on us, Ari. Because they get, if, if you went out there and touted God... Toward Christianity, they would say you're a xenophobic. You're uh, you're some you know you're you're, you're a chauvinist you're a in the Jesus, process.
1: You're a Jesus freak. You're a God nut. I mean, where I live in Venice, there's some very courageous young people who go to the Venice boardwalk. You know, the the height of decadence with pot smoke everywhere, and they preach the gospel, and people come up and scream at them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's exactly right. They're treated like lepers, like they're the ones spreading COVID to you when they're actually saying the nicest,
0: best thing, the most important message any human being could say to another. That's exactly right. So that, that's the drop that they have on us because they get to say separation of church and state, today, which is you know garbage in and of itself. But that was the magic phrasing that they always have. And they feel so damn good about themselves because they believe that Christianity was so evil because, you know, crusades and the Inquisition and all that. Uh, Never mind that they happened 500 and 1,000 years ago. Uh, But this, this, this is the challenge. We need to go out there. You, our dear listener, need to go out there and know your facts about all that Christianity gave us. And I'm talking about both Catholicism and Protestantism and evangelism and even Mormonism. Okay? All of it was great. All of it. All of you Christians, and we're, we're speaking as two Jews, all of you Christians don't realize how great Christianity is. You, you believe in your faith, and I applaud you for that. That's wonderful. Great. You live very solid and clean and uh, valuable lives, and, and, and you, uh, you're great examples, great role models for your kids and for your neighbors. Wonderful. But you don't know, Jack, about your own history. You need to get out there. You need to explain to the world that without Christianity, and again, I'm I'm saying it in a big, big picture here, you would not have the university. You wouldn't have the hospital system. You wouldn't have the, the education system that we have today. You wouldn't have the scientific method. You wouldn't have the Big Bang. You wouldn't have Newton or Copernicus, and yes, even Galileo, all of whom proceeded with their great discoveries in the name of God. Not, they didn't happen to be Christian. They did on behalf of their Christianity. They did it because they were Christian. That's exactly right. That, and the university was developed precisely for the search for God. And now the one thing that the university was actually created for, the search for God, is the one thing they're taking out. So instead, you, you learn about the history of rock and roll, uh, you know, which is cute, uh, but you also learn about you know, the, how to have the best sex uh, you know, and, and, and transgenderism, of course, and all the other nonsense that they're trying to teach in schools the best, these days. The best sex with a potato. And,
1: and, <laughs> so and, wait, wait, wait. The irony you're saying, and I think it's, it's crystal clear with the university in particular and some other areas, is they were created in order to help further the search for God, but what they are doing now is they're revealing the devil.
0: Yeah, that, that's exactly right. They, they, they are, they, they've inverted themselves into uh, to the... But anyway, that's the university. And, and other things that Christianity has given. And then Western civilization. I mean, really, are, are, we, are we serious? We seriously think that, that somehow uh, you know, the Polynesian islands gave more to the world or gave as much to the world as Western civilization? I'm sorry, they didn't. Okay, Hawaii, neither, neither the Hawaiians... Um, nor the Aborigines, nor the Native Americans. God bless them all, okay? But let's, in terms of contributions to society, they didn't even have the wheel at the time that the horrible colonialists from Europe came, okay? We can, we can also agree that there were some really bad things that happened, but from a, I'm talking about from a contribution to society, okay? Western Europe, and Europe generally speaking, and to a lesser extent, but still very important extent, uh, China gave the world much more. It just did. We would not have our notions of freedom and free speech for that matter without Western civilization. And now you, you look upon Western civilization as, as the devil. And now you actually embrace the enemies of freedom. And you don't think that you are, but you are. And the, the point is that no one's pointing out the greatness of Christianity of Judaism of Western civilization of America and of God and you need to do that you need to talk about it loud and proud to everyone on your on your social media you know there, there are many platforms now you can do it do it it's not hard. Tell your friends about all the great contributions and it will sink in it will it, it, it to tell them what would the world look like without God. This is the, my whole point of atheism kills, right? And by the way, if you want some good research on this, there's a major chapter about all that Christianity gave to the world and Western civilization and the notion of God, what it did. Among other things, it gave the notion of time. People don't realize time is, is, a, is a human construct, right? It's not, it's, not a, it's not real. There are many great books on this. But we need time to advance, right? You, you can't have progress without time. Before, the, before Judaism arrived on the scene, uh, there was no time the, the way we think of it. It just, it just wasn't. I mean, people lived day-to-day existence, and there was time happening. One day happened after the other. That's true. But I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the notion that there was a future, a notion to aspire to something in the future, a notion to make the future better than what we had today. That's unique. That's a Jewish thing. Okay. That of course, Christianity embraced as well because Christianity came later. These are the things that, that we just, you gotta, you gotta yell it out loud and proud. Like I said, otherwise you'll have the schmucks listening to the masquerader's the ones who pretend to be good. And just because they say, look how good I am, look how good I am, look how good I am, they'll gravitate toward, toward that voice. I think it's that simple, Ari. That's the way it is. Think about that as you go forward in your discussions with your friends. Don't apologize for your faith. Don't say, well, you know, this is the way I want to live my life and this is, it's, it's worked out for me. You've got to go on the offense, the good offense, as it were. You need to explain how good your faith is and how uh, a world without faith leads to evil. You need to just show all the, show, your, show the resume. How about that? Your resume is better than anything else uh, that was offered as a resume. The resume of, of Christianity and Judaism, God, America, Western civilization. It's great. I'd hire you in an instant compared to the, to the Stalinists and the Hitlers and the Maoists. And any other system that has ever been offered, our resume is better. You have to spout out, off how good you are. That's, that's the game. It's as simple as that. All right, thank you for listening, folks. This is Brock Literary signing off. God bless, and we'll talk with you next week.